Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Adam, and today I am absolutely talking to myself. And I do that a lot because who better to talk to when you don't have anyone to talk to than yourself? And here I am. And if anybody else is listening, thank you for listening. Uh, today we are talking about first impressions. Now, I know this is a topic as old as time, and everybody talks about it, and it's in all sorts of videos and podcasts and reviews and and articles and uh, all whatever other things that exist where people can get information quickly. Uh, probably even your local library, which you should visit more often. Lots of great things there. Anyway, so I want to share uh, some experience that I've had with first impressions and how they can quickly change or how they can last for a really long time. Uh, so I'm going to kind of tell you some experiences I've had with you know, old jobs that I've had, with uh, hell, just food that has made a particular impression on me, and um, just kind of how that affects people in general, like when they go to businesses. Um, and so, actually, I wanted to start with a little bit of a funnier story to kind of open up. This is a little embarrassing, but uh, you know, it's a story that I finally like to tell still, um, just because I think it's um, it's unique. Um, so, when I was a little kid, I developed a very poor negative impression, a very poor first impression of rice, just those little white grains. I just, I, I. You know, I uh, had a bad relationship for many, many years with rice, and uh, it all started from this one story when I was a, I was maybe, I was between five and seven. Uh, I was living in the first home that I can remember, anyway. Um, I moved around a lot. And so growing up in my family, I, I grew up in a family of seven, so there was five kids, and there was my parents. And um, we... <laughs> We had, we all were very, uh, it was a conservative family, and I don't mean that exactly like in the re- Republican way, although they might have been. I still don't know what my parents were. Um, but, uh, like, like we didn't have much. We kept things simple. We didn't, uh, we had nothing lavish. We were a poorer family as well. Um, and uh, so we ate a lot of simple meals, like a lot of potatoes, like a lot of French fries, a lot of fried foods. Uh, we grew up a lot on fried stuff. Um, you know, just real simple things. Get used to hamburgers, hot dogs, uh, tomatoes, soups. Just just whatever the easiest stuff, the cheapest stuff that you can make. That's what we got used to eating. Um, and so there was one time where my mom had made, um, I believe it was brown rice. Um, and we had it with something else. I can't remember what it was. But I would never had rice before. So that was a really big deal for, for me. I was like, oh, man, I, rice, is, rice is the bee's knees. It's titties, man. I think it's great. Um... I'll never forget, uh, I asked for seconds, and I was sitting at the table, and uh, I was the only one there left, and um, my dad was in the shower, and that's an important detail here in a minute. Um, so I told my mom, I said, Mom, I really got to pee. Uh, like, I, I don't know if I can hold it anymore. And she says, well, just go in the bathroom. Your dad's out of the shower. He's just shaving now. And I was like, oh, man, I've never, like, gone in the bathroom with anybody else in there before. Like, at least, you know, I've never gone there to do my business with other people in the room before. So I got a little nervous, but I was like, but I had to go. Like, I was about to burst, man. It was bad. Like, it was hurting. It was that bad. It just kind of hit me. And so I ran into the bathroom, and my dad was shaving, just like my mom said. You know, he must have gotten out of the shower and just went to shaving. And, you know, um, he was dressed, for those of you who are just like, well, why would you go in there? Um, so I said, Dad, Mom sent me in here. I had to pee really bad. And he says, that's fine. And just kind of continue shaving, right? So I go in there, and I'm still a little kid, right? And so I'm thinking, like, I've never been in a bathroom with somebody else in here before. So first of all, I didn't want to look at my dad, so so I didn't want to sit down to pee, but my main thought of my process at the time was, 
I need to be standing up to pee because that's what the cool kids do. That's what big boys do. And my dad's in here, so I want him to think that like I'm, I'm a big boy, right? So, and I'll never forget that. It was so long ago, but I'll never forget thinking that as a boy. I want my dad to think I'm a big boy, you know? So I stood up to pee for the first time in, you know, <laughs> in the bathroom while my dad was shaving. And wouldn't you know, he comments on it. He comments on it right away. He says, so I'm starting, I'm peeing, you know, I'm doing my, I'm doing my thing. And uh, my dad says, oh, you're standing up to pee now. And I thought I heard what he said. I think I said what, or I turned to look at him and said, yeah, I think I said what. Uh, I turned to him and I said, what? And I just, I turned <laughs> all the way around and I peed everywhere. Like I just, you know, I was a dumb kid. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have those faculties to control my head and my body at the same time. And plus, you know, keep pee from going everywhere. It's too many, too many things to juggle. So many balls to juggle, no pun intended. And um, and uh, speaking of balls, what boy didn't think that that's where the pee came from? Anyway, so I turned around <laughs> and I just peed on my dad and I'll never forget how angry he was. And he was like, Adam, what the hell? And he says, turn around and it was everywhere. And my dad was just freshly showered and I just peed on, on the floor on his, on his legs. And you know, it was far, he was close enough. Like it's, the bathroom wasn't super small, but it was small enough that like me turning around with that whipping action to talk to him was enough to just whip piss across the room. And uh, I'll never forget how that made me feel. I was embarrassed that I wanted to look good in front of my dad and I wanted to look cool and have him be proud of me. And then then I did that. And I was so, I don't remember how the rest of the day went. But the, the reason I tell you the story is because I blamed the rice. I blamed the rice. My first impression of rice started off as what what could have been a good one until that happened and I'm a little embarrassed to say this but it took me until probably my like almost my mid-20s to get past this block I had on eating rice like I did I denied it everywhere Chinese restaurants I denied it when people made it in their meals Mexican food I just didn't want that in my life I I was so angry ever since a little kid of thinking that in my brain it's a, it was irrational as an adult, but like I just, my brain never got past that. Where rice, I always tell everybody, rice makes you pee yourself, man. Rice makes you pee, so don't eat rice. So just make you pee. <laughs> Which is funny thing, rice is absorbent, so you think it would keep you from peeing, and maybe it does. I don't know. Um, but I never forgot that, and so I just, I just want to tell that story because I, it's a very powerful first impression. Uh, you know, because you connect these first impressions with either supreme joys or traumatic emotional experiences one way or the other like it's 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 how you're feeling at the time is what connects you to these experiences and and these impressions and just these little hundreds of grains that i ate that night made me feel because this bad thing that i my brain connected it to that rice was this evil food that no one should eat um and i know that's silly but cow like that happens all the time everywhere um and I, I just thought that was very interesting um, as I was thinking about first impressions uh, earlier that, um, man, that really that really threw me for a loop. And uh, every time I tell that story, I get a little bit more a little bit more angry with myself. That took me until my 20s to get over this fear of... It was actually when somebody asked me to try the quesaritos came out in Taco Bell and I wanted to try them. And halfway through eating the quesarito, I realized that there, were, there was rice in there. And I was like, oh, well, rice ain't so bad. I didn't pee myself at all today. And that's kind of how I got past it. And now I love rice. It's one of my favorite things. I put it in everything. I love cooking it. love having it. love mixing different stuff, different flavors. Jasmine rice is awesome. 
uh, man, what a good day, uh, to, <laughs> a good time to get, get past that, um, so that's kind of one way, uh, I know that's a little bit of a ridiculous way, but, like, a lot of our first impressions that linger for a really long time are pretty ridiculous, um, you know, for instance, like, um, there are some people that will have one bad experience at a restaurant and then never go back there ever again instead of giving it a second chance. Sometimes it's because of the staff. Sometimes it's because maybe what they ordered maybe came out wrong or maybe because it just wasn't good that time. Uh, and then they'll never go back. And then that's where, like, when, when, when it comes to reviews, I think while there are plenty of good reviews out there, it has to be a super stellar experience. Like, I think getting a good review on a business is so much harder because if you experience something that's roughly normal, no one's going to go out of their way to just be like, it's all right. Some people do. I shouldn't say no one, but the majority of people won't. But if it's something that's, if it breaks the normal in a really, really good way, in some fantastic way, then they will leave a good review. But like, that's striving to be above normal seems like it should be easy and that should be the new normal but it isn't but when people see anything where it's like i go there i sit down i eat i go there i play the game i'm done um as long as it's that for the most part they're fine they'll just go about their day and not leave a review but as soon as something gets wrecked in any way they'll never forgive that place or they'll expect something worse to be done to the place you know and um i think that's uh i think that's pretty interesting i should pause for a second just to let you guys know that i um I actually got this idea by watching an episode of uh, Good Mythical Morning recently um, to kind of date this video a little bit, or this, I keep calling it a video, this podcast. Um, I was watching an episode of Good Mythical Morning. If you don't know what that is, it's a really cool um, YouTube channel uh, starring two guys called Rhett and Link. And they had Terry Crews, who's one of my favorite people of all time that exists on this planet. And I've never even met him, but I just can tell that he's a wholesome dude. Um, he was on there, and in one of the episodes they were, uh, they call it Good Mythical More, they were just reading Yelp reviews. And I, I, th I was thinking as they were reading these things that they were all bad Yelp reviews. None of them were good. And I thought, man, they must have left a really bad impression. And I kept thinking about impressions a lot. And that's kind of how I came to this. Uh, was like, man, like I think people are more than likely to hold on to a negative review and a negative impression than they are a positive one. Or at least what I would consider a positive one. Even... I think it's a positive review and a positive impression if you go and what's expected happens, you know? Like, just, I think that if everybody's working hard for what you think is normal to stay normal, I think that that deserves praise. Um, and there are some places that'll go out of your way to make it a more unique experience, but also it's if you go to a place that you know is already rather unique. Like, if you go to Disneyland, you know that's going to be different from most things that you've experienced, you know? But if you go to your Eaton Park once a week, you just expect that that Eaton Park is going to serve you the same way that it always does. So then when something bad happens, that's when you're like, oh, fuck this place. I'm not going to go back there. Um, so I just think it's important to, to keep that in mind because that stuff does, it, the le that's what they say, it leaves a lasting impression. Um, so, uh, you know, like it has to be super stellar to break the mold of what people think is normal. That way, if you go to this high, high-end hoity-toity restaurant every single week, um, what I would think is like, oh, I got to review this place. It was amazing. And somebody else who's there all the time, we're like, yeah, that's just what they do. That's their normal. That's what it is. Um, if you're at Disneyland all the time, it might feel the same for all I know. I've never been. Although I don't like to support Disney any more than I have to. So who knows if I'll ever be? I don't know. Maybe try it once to see what it's like. Um, but anyways, that's one thing. Um, now, another way that impressions can last, of course, is when you meet people, right? You know, anytime that you interact with someone. And I don't mean to talk like, 
I'm not trying to sound like an expert or anything. I'm actually about to share another experience that I've had. Um, like, uh, uh, for instance, like a first impression can change very quickly. And because that impression changes so quickly, the second impression is the one that can last even longer. Right. And again, usually it's a more negative one, uh, but not always. Uh, in this instance, um, I used to work at a, um, at a video game store, GameStop, which I guess is not doing very well now, but um, it was one of my first jobs that I had. And uh, I was still kind of learning the customer service ins and outs. I was really good with people, but there were some people that still surprised me. And I got, you know, every business gets those, uh, those unique visitors, those interesting visitors that, um, you know, uh, <laughs> that you just, you, you talk about for a while or that every time they come in, you're like, oh, there's this guy or oh, there's that lady. Um, but in this case, uh, you know, I was still learning to make inferences based on what I saw, you know, impressions. For instance, I remember there was this, uh, it was during the holiday season. Uh, both these stories were during the holiday season. Um, and there's this one guy. It was getting later in the day, and I was a little tired. And there's a big dude coming in. It was almost closing time, but I never minded people coming in near closing time. You know, I was happy to see people. And he comes in. He's a big guy. Looks royally mad. Uh, you know, he does that kind of thing where, like, his arms are out to his sides. Like, they're hanging down, but they're out enough that it looks like his muscles are have like a little bit of helium in them so like they're kind of like floating out from his from his ribs a little bit uh and he just looks like he's looking for a fight and i'm like oh i don't really feel like dealing with this right now and he comes in you know and he's wearing like this kind of earth toned like green jacket uh blue jeans and these big like kind of lumberjack boots and he's got the like the skull cap on uh you know kind of faded like brown and he comes in and i'm like and I, I just greet him friendly just because I, that's what you do. And I was like, hey, man, what can I help you with? You looking for something in particular? And he goes, yeah, man, actually, I was like, I was really looking for the, the new Call of Duty. Actually, believe it or not, I was just up at the mall. They don't have it. Uh, you know, it's crazy to me, like, how you don't have it. So, like, I'm just I'm really excited to play it. Do you guys have it? And he had such a friendly demeanor and a warm demeanor that immediately any tension that I was carrying in my body after looking at this dude, just getting my first impression by what he looked like, and I prejudged him, and I shouldn't have been doing that. Um, you know, then all of a sudden, like, I was just like, whoa, I just relaxed. Um, now, if it was a con, he got me, but it, it, it wasn't, you know, and the more I talked to him, we chatted for maybe like 10 minutes until the store closed, I helped him out, he rushed over because he wanted to get this game that he wanted to play. Uh, I think it might have been the new Black Ops, I think that was when it was brand new. Um, and uh, I never forgot, I was, I was so blown away by this idea, which I shouldn't have been, to, like I judged this dude, the moment I looked at him, I was like, oh, he's gonna be a real asswipe, you know, he's a big dude, he looks angry, he looks, he's a big guy, and, and he's burly, like, clearly he's just some jerk, uh, and that first impression that I had was immediately assuaged the moment he started talking, and I thought, man, what a relief, what a freaking relief, you know, when, you know, I imagine that's how a lot of like wait staff may feel if if someone someone says like hey do you mind if, if I ask you guys to reheat my meal it's a little cold or or like or if they have something wrong with the meal that they're relieved that somebody's not going to chew them out you know and I in this instance it was a reverse uh well it wasn't really the reverse but like you know he came in there was no service yet but he treated me very kindly and I really appreciated that um and I remember feeling really silly uh letting that get to me as much as it did without even having an experience in the first place. So I was judging before I even went, um, before I even talked to him. Just like some people judge before they even go anywhere. They'll just look at a sign and like, nah, that's not for me. Nah, I don't think I'm gonna like it. Or like how we judge food. We get a impression just looking at food. 
Like broccoli. Ooh, that's gross. I have never tried it, though. Which I tried it, and I hate it. Did you guys just hear my stomach growl by now? That was a really loud growl. I'm going to hear the audio later. That was a really loud growl. Settle down. I'm doing a podcast, you jerk. Uh, <laughs> talking about food. There we go. Um, but conversely, something else that happened to me was also during the holiday season. I think that same year, actually. Um, I had this really cute old lady, and we were hitting it off real well. We were, we were, we were talking. Um... She was, uh, she was telling me about like all these things she wants to get for her grandson, and uh, he's, his, he's the only grandchild that she has, so she just likes to spoil him, and all these things, uh, and I was like, oh, well, that's nice, you know, she, you know, again, I didn't care about you, about, about you spoiling your kids then, you know, I don't know enough, I'm still a kid, um, and then so she's asking, um, actually, maybe it wasn't the same year, because she was looking... Oh yeah, it was. She was looking for the Nintendo Wii when that first came out. So I think that was a different year. Um, but it was, again, it was the holiday season. That's when the Wii was being released, and they were super rare. That was the year where just studio, yeah, yeah it's not studios, but like certain uh, departments and certain uh, uh, communities and, and stores and, and even chains only got a very limited supply because Nintendo couldn't supply enough of them for America to get them before people just would just scoop them up and um i remember this lady comes in and she's real sweet and she's picking out all these games for the wii right and i'm like oh man i, I mean what can what games does he play now and she says well actually he doesn't have the wii yet i'm hoping to get one and i was like shit it's like she brought up like six games i spent a little time with her i told her games that i thought were really fun that i played on our demo units and ones that my friends have played with me um and she, we get all the way up there, and I didn't, never thought to ask the question. You know, you don't think, do you have a Wii? You know, do you have a Wii? It's such a weird sentence. Um, but do you have that console? And she didn't. <laughs> so she comes up, she goes, well, actually, he doesn't have one. I was hoping to get one with all these games. You know, actually, no, she didn't say I'm hoping to get one. She says, I'm going to get one with all these games. So it wasn't even like a, I hope you guys have one. It was a, I'm getting one. Um, and I was like, ma'am, I'm super sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize that you didn't have, have the console when I was picking out these games with you. Uh, you know, the, we, they've been out of stock for some time. We've been waiting for weeks just to get a few in. And last shipment that we got, we only got three, and they sold within the hour. Uh, and I said, you know, that's pretty much how it is all over, the, all over the greater area right now. And that woman's demeanor very quickly changed. And she didn't even say anything about picking out the games. It had nothing to do with the fact that we... I would have understood if she was a little bit more irritated, maybe, if she had said, well, I just wasted my time picking out games. But she went straight to, you son of a bitch. Like, how can you not have the have those Wii's? Like, I need to get one for my grandson. He's going to be angry. He's going to be upset if he doesn't get one for Christmas. I need to get this for him. Uh, you know, and she's just kind of going off the rails, and she goes, well, you better have one back there. And the one thing I never forgot is she said... She goes, I know that you hold them for people. If you're holding them for someone else, or if they reserve them, just give me theirs and let them get theirs later. And I, first of all, I thought, no, that's not how that works. Uh, we didn't reserve consoles before, after they were released, so that was already not a thing. But if somebody reserved it ahead of time, you damn right they were getting it. Unless, of course, they didn't show up for like a, th- a few months. But they knew what they were getting into. But anyway, she goes, I know you guys reserve consoles. I know you guys reserve games. I know you have some back there that belongs to somebody else. Just give me one of theirs. And that she was getting very irrational at this point. And again, I didn't have the wherewithal to diffuse this the same way that I do now. Uh, or even to understand where she was coming from. Or to even ask good questions. 
But I'll never forget how that made me feel where I had this impression of this really sweet old lady who was really nice and wanted to spoil her grandson. But hindsight, I'm thinking like, well, if you want to spoil your grandson, you're going to turn him into a dick in a future Donald Trump, probably. But, um, but like, also, like, you know, you're making this very much about you. Like, who are you competing with? What is this about? Uh, or is this a life thing? I don't know. Um, but I just, I felt almost embarrassed for myself just because... I didn't see that coming. It was just blindsided me. And I I remember talking to my boss later about it. And I, I just said, like, does this happen all the time in customer service and in sales? Like, do you get people who will just turn on you the moment they don't get what you want? And he kind of shakes his head yes. And he says, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes people get crazy during the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I get it wasn't like the most sage advice but it must have been enough that I remembered it that made an impression on me right there but that's what I remembered that he said because people get crazier on the holidays and I was like you know what you're right I think I've experienced more craziness when the holidays were looming than any other time in my customer service and sales career so while it wasn't the most sage <laughs> it was it was definitely memorable and, it, and as you can see like that also made an impression um now that wasn't exactly a first impression but i guess if you think about it, it really was it was my first impression of advice on that particular subject so uh, bringing it back around uh so I, I just think it's very powerful where we can prejudge people we can make these assumptions about somebody based on how they look or where they come from or, or what they're wearing and then find out that they're completely pleasant or an absolute shit show and um <laughs> and uh, again not that we have to be perfect at discerning these things or 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 being uh, steadfast about how we are just so that way we don't have to change with all these things that way we have to know what people think of us but I think it is a matter of um, I don't think that last sentence was very well structured I'm sorry the whole point is like we don't have to change a whole lot I think it's just good to be aware of because if somebody does shift gears on you like that it's going to be very easy to start resisting and to start fighting back or to or just to treat somebody differently who's an absolute sweet person uh, just because of how they look. And, um, you know, who needs to say that either way, if they make that first impression on you, whether they just were really good that day or just turned into a real asshole that day, that doesn't mean that they're assholes all the time or maybe that they're good people. They just might be good that day. Um, so it's good to kind of keep an open mind about that kind of stuff. And I learned a lot from working in uh, many years in customer service with that. Um, it's not to say that I'm perfect at it, but I definitely try to appreciate people more and try to save my prejudice my prejudging with them until i talk to them because you never know what friend you might be missing out on or what great experience you might be missing out on um so lastly uh this brings me to what our first impressions that we can give to other people maybe um and uh for instance you know i mentioned in previous episodes that i work uh i work in a studio i teach people a physical skill i teach them how to move i'm a teacher for them i teach them how to work with each other and um I realized that when I meet a new client that they not only are getting a first impression of the studio, but they are getting a first impression of me. And since I will be who they will be spending the first hour with at the at the studio, their impression of the studio is very much based on their impression of me. And um, it's it's tough because you have innate natural instincts that you're going to do when you have extended interaction with somebody. Uh, for me, I know that I'm more energetic, I'm a little bit louder, I'm a little bit fast-paced, um, and I click with people who appreciate that and who like that warm 
that warmth and that energy and that charisma. But I've learned in the years that I've been doing it that there are people that, while you may collect, be able to connect with them and to, to provide them a good service and teach them and make them be able to do all the things they came here to do, they judge you based on your personality. And even if you're friendly, even if you're um, reassuring, if it's too energetic, if it's too upbeat, if it's too in their face, people who are introverted or who may already be super nervous to be there might not relax right away because that's the energy they didn't expect. They expected when people think teachers, they think somebody who's probably more calm or more you know, knowledgeable. And sometimes if you're the silly guy or the silly girl, or the one that's trying to make jokes to make people comfortable, they may think you're stupid. They may think, well, this person's clearly friendly and they're nice and they're energetic, but I can't take them seriously because, you know, I mean, look at them. They're, they're silly. Um, for the same reason that if you walk into a fancy restaurant and everybody else is wearing a, a, a suit and tie or nice, nice jackets or blazers or dresses or whatever, and then like one of the coworkers just happens to show up in a, in a, in a uh, I don't know, a polo shirt that day and khakis, you're thinking like, why does this person look different? You know, do I take them seriously? Because, like, are, are they not dressed fancy so they stand out as the manager? Or do they, is that just all they can afford? And some people might just not take that person seriously or not ask them questions because they look like an underling for the restaurant or something. Um, and so just what you, look, what, what, what you look like, but also how you present yourself just emotionally and with your communication can be very overwhelming or underwhelming for people. And for some, it's just whelming. And that's okay. <laughs> Um, so I think sometimes like instead of we often go to prejudging other people because that's your instinct that's your natural way to protect yourself or to know if your time is being wasted or valued based on what other people are projecting to you but I think it's a good way to be introspective and be like how am I presenting myself to other people you know and you can say I don't care what people think and I used to say the same thing I don't care what people think now you cannot care about what people think about specific things. But there's no way, I have yet to meet anybody unless they are emotionally dead that doesn't care what other people think about something about them. Like we care in some capacity what people think. I think that's a normal society uh, feeling. Is societal a word? I'm gonna use it. A normal societal reaction and feeling. Um, you know, we may dress a certain way because we like how it looks, but it's also because we hope other people will feel the same. Um, and, uh, you know, if somebody looks at you and says, like, ugh, that dress, or ugh, her hair, or ugh, why is he wearing those pants, or ugh, man, wearing sandals in, in, in November, what's wrong with you? And, um, you know, nobody's going to smile and be like, ha, huh, they noticed. Well, I shouldn't say no one, but most people won't. But you might be like, you might, if your reaction is anything sour, then you care. You care if somebody disses something that you love. You care. Like, even if you dress a certain way because you like how it looks, like I mentioned, if somebody tells you they don't like it, you can't tell me that you don't give a shit. You can't tell me that. Part of you feels insulted that they insulted something that you love and that you spent time on that you really care about. So you do care. And conversely, I think it's important that you realize what impressions you can give to other people based on how you talk to them, how you dress, and, you know, if... If you're going to a job interview, that's why we dress nicer than what we usually do. It's not because that's how we dress all the time, but we have to make an impression. 
you know, when we go out on a first date, and if you're going to clear it ahead of time, like, hey, we doing casual? But if you're going to show up, you're probably going to dress a little nicer than you ordinarily would because you want to make a good impression. Um, you know, and it's super important, I think. Um, it's stuff that we all know but don't realize how day-to-day it still, you know, like when you have a waiter or a waitress that's coming to help you at a restaurant, if you smile at them more, talk to them more, learn their name, first of all, you're going to make them feel valued. You're going to make them feel good about themselves, but they will treat you better as well because they have an impression that you are friendly and that they can be more comfortable to talk to you. And if there's a problem, they don't feel as awkward around you about it. So just something to keep in mind. I think bringing us all back around to the very beginning, peeing on my, on my dad. Uh, <laughs> is um, you know what try not to pee on your dad and don't blame the rice that's that's my advice bringing this all all back around so I don't go too much longer on this podcast don't pee on your dad and if you do don't blame the rice man I gotta write that down ooh that's good don't blame the rice kids um, but right, I'm gonna wrap it up here I've been going on for a little while now um, but if you made it this far I know it's a little bit of a longer episode but I had a lot to say um, thank you sincerely for everything, for being here, for listening to me, for listening through the whole thing. Uh, I know that's a lot uh, to hear one person ramble on for so long. So sincerely, again, thank you so much for, for getting this far and for hearing me out um, and giving a guy a chance. And I hope that I've, I have made a good impression on you today. Um, so that's it for now. And as always, and sincerely, from the bottom of my heart to the top of my brain, to my brain stem, to my toes, hope that you're taking care of your mind and taking care of your heart, and most importantly, taking care of each other, baby, and making good impressions. And I will see you guys later.